Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. We are here today, Mike. We got a lot of NFL-related stories to go over this week. I know I potentially teased that we would do some NBA talk this week. I'm going to save that for post Christmas episode of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. We, you know, we always talk about the Christmas break kind of being the barometer to check in on teams around the league. And there's a lot of news and notes and a lot of stuff to kind of ponder. So we're going to save that for next week um, on the post-Christmas episode. Uh, speaking of that, Merry Christmas to any of you there. By the time you guys are listening to this, um, you know, we won't, be online, we won't be on the air Christmas Day, obviously. So... Um, Merry Christmas, happy holidays to everybody out there on behalf of myself, Mike, and Kyle. So I hope you guys, you know, hope Santa brought everything that you guys wanted. Mike, what's on your top of your Christmas list? To watch Spider-Man No Way Home for the eighth time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you haven't seen it, you need to go see it. No spoilers here, but you got to go see it. Yeah, it was fun. It's it's pretty great. Um, but today, Mike, we got a lot of stuff to go over, right? We're going to be talking a lot of NFL stuff. we got COVID stuff going on. We've got... Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of these teams, you know, kind of picking up on our discussion last week about Pittsburgh. A lot of these teams that are kind of in the middle of the road here, where do we see their future, right? Do they need to tear it down? Do they need to continue on course? Um, you know, what do they need to do to kind of get into that upper echelon of the, of the teams in the, you know, AFC and NFC conference respectively. Um, and we're also going to be talking about winter is coming. And I think we should start with that. Um, just like AEW started on Wednesday night with an, a world title match. I think we should start there as well. Um, so, so you know, for me, Hangman, Daniel Bryan, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. We kind of previewed it. And we were like, okay, where do they go with it? I kind of voiced my concerns about it being on free television. I felt like you could have saved it to pay-per-view. Now, as we kind of both kind of assumed, there were obviously we're going to get a rematch based on the result uh, where it finishes in a time limit draw. Um, I think Bryan's had six AEW matches and two of ones are draw. No, I'm just kidding. I know it's probably a better relation to that. But point is um, – so Hangman technically retains here. Thoughts on the match, the presentation, everything. I know if you're a WWE fanboy, you're just going to slaughter this. It doesn't matter what they do. It's very annoying. And vice versa, if you're an AEW hardcore elitist, then you're just like, well, nothing they can do is wrong. But here we like to provide some objective some ob- objective reviews here. Thoughts on the show, um, more specifically the match. The rest of the yeah. show was fine, whatever, diamond ring. It hasn't meant anything in three years, so why should it now? Yeah. But this match in particular, for me, it kind of felt like an Adam Page coming out party a little bit. Where yeah. now he's had back to back big time matches where you go, he hung in there and he, yeah. he looked like he belonged. Oh yeah, no, I've I've always believed in yeah. Adam Adam Page. You've he's, always he's, believed in him. I've, I always <laughs> believe in him. I mean, it also helps when you're fighting Kenny and Daniel. But like you know, yeah, I always sure I, I also I, I I definitely always thought he could hold his own. Yeah, especially once he got to AEW, I was like he can definitely hold yeah. his own in he's, AEW. And in his Ring of Honor run, you kind of started to see. You're like, okay, maybe, yeah. maybe we got a little. And like when you when he was tagging with Kenny, I was like he was mm-hmm. the one doing a lot of the the yeah. mid match work, and Kenny would come in later to yeah, do the do the high spots to the high spots. But he was doing a lot of like the Yep. The middle groundwork of the of tag matches. But For sure. um yeah, I really enjoyed a lot of this match. This is only my second favorite sixty minute time limit draw. So only behind Kenny and only behind Brian. Kenny and no well, only behind Oka- uh, Okada and Omega. Oh yeah. You like this better than you like this better than Brian and Kenny? Um was that was that was sixty minutes too, right? No, that was thirty. Oh, it was minutes. thirty minutes. Okay, my bad. And yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and probably probably, but also thirty minutes helps a lot more than sixty minutes. Yeah. Um, 
would agree with that. It wasn't for the title either. It wasn't for the title, so it was 30 minutes. So it was like, it's it's a lot nicer to sit for 30 minutes than sit for a whole 60 minutes to watch people that Uh no one wins a match, Mm -hmm. technically. Um, But in terms of, like, having no winner, I thought they did a really good job of building up to this. Um, The first, like, you know, 20 minutes was your standard match. Then the next 20 minutes kind of kicked up a little bit mm-hmm. and then the next 20 just kind of like stole away until yeah. hangman was either about to win or they're about to hit that final final gear mm-hmm. until the time limit ran out which yeah. will be very interesting to see if whenever they rematch and they have a no limit yeah match right. exactly. where they can go yeah, as long no as they limit. want yeah. are they going to do the okada omega four where they go 67 68 <clears throat> minutes or are they going to end it a little shorter than 60 minutes yeah. you know so that's Something very interesting. I'm glad you hit on that, the the kind of the gear. Here's the thing. I love the story they told here, right? You you had Brian with the attacking the arm pretty much the entire match. Mm -hmm. And then you told the story of, okay, Brian tries to hit the leg, hits the ring post. So now Brian's legs hurt. So maybe he can't hit the flying knee, Mm -hmm. right? That second, right? You you kind of, you really saw a basic fundamental storytelling when it comes to, I'm going to pick a body part and I'm going to work it down. And I'm going to work it down. I'm going to work it down. I'm going to work it down. I'm going to work it down to kind of, set up for a finish right whether it's the leg whether it's the arm whether it's the neck whatever right um i really enjoyed that aspect of it i also enjoyed um the feeling at one point or another where you're like okay well this is we're gonna this is it right like okay brian's you know just countered this okay here it comes he's gonna hit the knee or he's got him in this and it's like okay this is where he's gonna do it and i think the build up where brian was beating other people the dark order with different moves you never really felt like at any point in time you were like oh okay this maybe maybe they're gonna do it here or maybe they're gonna do it here right which i thought was good um i thought brian did a really nice job of making hangman like an like i know he's already an uber baby face but like man you just really i know people were even cheering for brian because i think it's brian has enough equity Mm -hmm. you know like certain guys him and punk and some of these guys that even if they do turn heel you're gonna have so much equity with the fans where it's like we're just happy to see you so Mm -hmm. we're gonna cheer you kind of anyway Mm -hmm. you know it's very stone cold ass even when he was a bad guy people are like yeah but i still kind of want to see you you know um so I thought he did a really nice job of really getting the crowd to be like, you know, you need to be cheering for this guy. You mm-hmm. know, Hangman really is the guy for us. Um, I, I, But to your point, I was definitely waiting, and I think this was maybe somewhat intentional, uh, for that last gear where mm-hmm. we just finally just pull the trigger and we just go. And for like a last three, four minutes where you just go, oh my gosh, I was not – you know what I mean? Where it's like you just go into hyperspeed almost yeah. for that last little bit. And I felt like we were getting there. You know, it's like, oh, he's going to go for the pin. I felt like if the match would kept going, there's a false finish there. Brian hits a knee or something like that. You know, we have that yeah. big counter type sequence before you finally see a bum type mm-hmm. of moment. Um, and so I think that that's where I think if you're AEW, you're like, all right, we're going to leave this fans with all of this. We're going to give you all of this. And we're still going to leave you wanting more, which mm-hmm. I thought was really, really good. Um yeah, I think it's, you know, longest match on Dynamite history, right? I think is what they said. Yeah. I mean, it's not that hard if you take up half the show. Um, yeah. You know, um, I definitely thought this was – I thought this match, even more than Kenny, him winning the title, I thought this match was more of like a expert, like, stamp of approval almost yeah. to be like, no, no, he's he's going to be here a while. Like, yeah, he's well, going to be the guy. Yeah, Whether I, he's world champion or not is one thing, but like – He's gonna be a guy. Yeah, I think I think the the one thing if if you are the uh, 
the skepticism yeah. on Adam Page mm-hmm. is his first match that's not with like a yeah. top five wrestler in the world. Yeah. I guess is like the only thing left mm-hmm. that you can say is this the quality of match you're gonna get? Because like for Kenny, he can go up against. Orange Cassidy, Pac, yep. you know, go down uh, Christian, mm-hmm. and he can give you that stellar performance no matter Absolutely. what. So, yeah. so so can Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. Yep. Um, they can go down the list of anyone they want to wrestle, yep. even like John Silver, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, that's a really stellar. It was a four star yeah. match, right. like with John Silver, or whoever <laughs> yeah. it is, right? So like, th- that's the last question I have for Hangman is: you had a great match with Kenny, mm-hmm. and you had a great match with Brian, but right. I think we could both argue that they're two of the top five or ten wrestlers on the oh, planet yeah, right now, easily, no doubt. So then it's like, are you just kind of benefiting off having one of those guys, right? Or are you that caliber guy who's yeah. just adding to the match like they are? Yeah. So I think if you're a skepticism of Adam Page, yeah, that's, that's like the last at. point. Yeah. But if he goes into a match with like CM Punk, because I don't think CM Punk's the most polished guy in the ring right now, anyway, no. and he goes out and has like a five star match with him, then it's yeah. like, okay, maybe you are. Yeah. And Punk has always been more story driven, right? He's yeah. never been the guy where he's like, oh, I mean, his matches with Cena, you could put up there with anything and go, wow, yeah. But as much people want to give Cena shit, Cena's yeah. one of the greatest. I mean, it just is what it is. But to your point, though, I think what they are doing with that is I feel like it's almost like um, guilty by association a mm-hmm. little bit, right? Where it's like, okay, we're going to put Hangman with Kenny, and then immediately we're going to throw him into a program with Brian, where now Hangman is now associated with that style and that type of match, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, we're putting him in this upper echelon. So when you have to have him face uh, Eddie Kingston or a, I don't want to say lower tier, but he's not a main event guy. Let's just be real. Yeah. He's a he's a he's right a step below there, right? A Miro, a whatever guy, where you go, okay, this is gonna be good, but like, I don't necessarily know if I'm drawn by just the star power of Daniel Bryan or Kenny Omega versus Hangman yeah. Adam Page, where you have to sell it on story. And on when you get there in the ring, we have to sell this match to people to be like, this should be a big time match, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we haven't seen that. The one time I would say that maybe we did a little bit, and I think part of it was because COVID was their first show in front of live fans again, where Hangman opened up against uh, Brian Cage, mm-hmm. and people went bananas for that match. It was a yeah. solid match, but it wasn't anything like, oh my gosh, crazy. But yeah. people were losing their minds. I think a little bit of COVID, but I think that was the, maybe your first instance of like, okay, you know, maybe we, yeah. we really kind of caught some lightning in a bottle here yeah. in, in a lot of aspects. Yeah, and I'm just saying, like, like yeah. he's, he's over beyond banana. So, oh, like, yeah. that match, especially opening with a guy like that who's so yeah. over mm-hmm. is always so fun. Yeah. But, like, I'm just kind of looking at, like, like even if you have a bigger time guy like a Chris Jericho or John Moxley, right. it's can you put on mm-hmm. a five-star match yeah. with a guy who don't I don't normally look at put on five-star matches like moxley is a big name but he doesn't always put on the greatest matches and kenny's been able to put on two really good matches with him and you know daniel bryan could put on a good match with him but it's like ken hangman put on a great match with a guy who i don't believe puts on great matches out of the four world champions right now that they've had right Mm. jericho moxley uh page and omega right so far, right? I know we're, we're so early into Hangman's run, right? Mm-hmm. But how would you rank him right now? Just interested. I'm just kind of curious uh, to see. See, so this is – it's tough because Moxie's hurt with COVID. Yeah. So right. it kind of hurts the yeah. run a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would have Hangman one. Um, right now you love his run more than anything right now. Yes, Okay. I do. Even more than Kenny's? Oh, no, no. I said – my bad. I met uh, Kenny. Okay. I, I thought of Hangman. I met okay. Kenny. Yeah, okay. Ken, Kenny first. Yeah. Um, probably Jericho two, yeah. Hangman three. 
and then Moxley four. But Moxley Moxley had like a four month run where he just wasn't on TV because of COVID. Yeah. Like right when COVID started from March, he didn't come back to like at like double or nothing. Right. And he came in for like one show, and he wasn't there to like all out and stuff. So like he he didn't really do a lot as the champion. So I don't really honestly looking at some of his matches too, where I go. Like Eddie Kingston, I believed at the time, and I'm I'm on record saying I was I was involved, I was I was brought into that storyline. But mm-hmm. the match was, meh. Yeah, like Brody and- Lee. Much respect to John Huber, but like I just never felt like Moxley ever faced anybody that was really going to give him a threat where yeah. I could have gotten pulled that him versus Seth Rollins mm-hmm. match out of him where you go. Okay, yeah. you know what I mean. Until we got him versus. But then, like, I'd be interested to know if like if <laughs> him he had- and Jericho was good. Yeah. From a moment, but not a technical. Yeah, but like yeah. I want to know, like because like MGF, he had him at all out or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, if there were full crowds there, yeah, would the been, crowd like been right. super hot for that match, or yeah. or would it still have been sure. like an average match? You know, yeah. so like that's why his hurt a little bit because I'm like, I would never think in a no crowd, mm-hmm. Kenny Omega, Pac, and Orange Cassidy probably no. wouldn't work. Right. But because Agreed. it was in front of a whole stadium of people, yeah, it worked super well. So yeah. like Moxie's just hurt. Because of COVID times, I think. Yep. But I think we saw his peak was when he won it. Yes. We were there when he won it, and everyone was losing their minds. I thought that was the peak of. And his I think you would have gotten a literally little, when he won it. I think yeah. you would have gotten more of, of yes. like people excited and like excited for his matches if there were full crowds. But then there Agreed. wasn't crowds, so then it was like. Yeah. So I have him last, but like with an asterisk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just interesting. I just kind of wanted to see because we only had a couple so far. So just an interesting take. All right, let's shift focus here a little bit. Um, let's go to the meat of the show. Um, I wanted to kind of get that out of the way because I do think it's important. And why not lead off? You know, uh, uh, another great episode of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast on talking about championships. And I don't think there's anything better than that. So, so, but let's jump in here a little bit. I want to talk about the NFL because there's been a lot of news, notes, overreactions, underreactions, and everything else, right? You know, we are notorious here on this show where we don't go week to week results and immediately have an overreaction to something, right? I'm not going to come on this show right now and talk about how the Rams should be Super Bowl favorites, even though everybody else in the world is like, oh, they beat Arizona, so they're not going to be Super Bowl favorites. And you go, hmm, I don't really know if that's fair. Um, but what I do want to talk about, though, is I want to talk about maybe not the Arizona Cardinals. I don't want to talk about the Los Angeles Rams. I don't want to talk about the Green Bay Packers. What I do want to talk about um, are these teams kind of in the middle, right? We talked at nauseum about Pittsburgh last week. Um, and it kind of spurred something in, in in me here to kind of be talking about some of these teams that you're in that 500, maybe a little bit above, maybe a little bit of below 500, um, where you're potentially still maybe in the playoffs, maybe fighting for a spot. But are you necessarily on the right path? Are you on the right track to becoming an elite team, becoming an elite franchise, to, comp- to give yourself a window to win a championship, right? So there's a few teams here that I kind of want to go over. There's a lot of teams, actually, that are kind of in this mix right now. I, You know what? Real quick, the 17-game regular season now, does it add more intrigue for you now because of the fact that teams like um, New, uh, like uh, Seattle and Carolina, New Orleans, um, hell, even like the Denver Broncos um, are all kind of still in it? I mean, shoot, the entire AFC North is all technically within playoff shot right now. Where that extra regular season, you might, ooh, man, like we still have a little bit more juice left in the regular season or not really because you still feel like the top of the conference is it's, – it's, it's going to be – it's um, not going to really matter long term. No, I think, I think the more fun thing is the seventh seed yeah. than, the, mm-hmm. than the extra game because mm-hmm. I think the seventh seed 
like having the one and two have a yeah. buy mm-hmm. kind of gives like less to the one and two. Yeah. Like I think the best team in the conference getting a buy and everyone else having to play. Yeah. I think it's very fun. And I don't know how like we could argue going back twenty years how many times the seven seed would have beaten a two seed. Yeah. I'm gonna say not very often. Yeah, I think- but yeah. but I mean, there's definitely circumstances where it probably could, it have, could have happened. happened. Yeah, for like because sure. yeah. a two has beaten a six, or yeah. I mean, a two has lost to a six a few times. Yeah, right. So I'm assuming a seven could maybe upset a two Absolutely. at one point. Well, but I mean, Tampa alone was a six seed last year, right? Or a five, five, seed, five seed, right? But um, but they were if they lost one more game and they were a seven seed and decided just to run the table still. Yeah. You know, so um. Yeah, Seattle beating New Orleans and they were a six and two seed. Yeah, exactly. It's a six and, two. You know. So it's like it's like that's the thing that intrigues me more is having yeah. these like seven Absolutely. seeds. Like, like a Buffalo is a seven seed. That's yeah. like the scariest seven seed I've ever seen. Right. So Absolutely. stuff like that makes it more interesting. Not the extra game because the extra game yeah. doesn't really do too much. To yeah. Me. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Let's talk about some of these teams though, because I think I, because this year has been weird and, and I talked about last week where I just haven't been like dialed in to the mm-hmm. NFL season for whatever reason. Maybe it's just because my Lions fandom um, is just like, okay, they won a game. I'm good now. Like I yeah. kind of like, you know, like that was my whole concern. It's like, just don't be that team. Mm-hmm. So now that they're, they did that. It's like, okay, cool. Lose out. Let's get the first pick. Um, well, let's kind of start here. Let's start, let's start with a hot one because I know Mike likes talking about these guys, the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. Five and eight going into this week. Now, I mean, whether they're six and eight, five and nine, whatever, right. Mm-hmm. The case is, is that they're roughly around that 500 mark. You can make the argument. They probably have at least probably two more wins if Russ plays make that argument right um but they're in the middle of the pack Mm -hmm. right we come into the season thinking okay nfc west man seattle rams san fran are probably all gonna be kind of fighting for that one turns out arizona went you guys all suck we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna go to that top spot for now and they may collapse later on we talked about them last week but seattle was a team we had high hopes for going into the season Mm -hmm. right um Last year, losing the division around, getting upset by the Rams, and you're like, okay, where do you go? All the offseason turmoil with Russ and Pete Carroll, and does Russ want to be here? Similar to the Packers, Aaron Rodgers thing, but a lot less dramatic because, you know, Russ isn't a whiny bitch. So talk to me about where you are at with this Seattle team. Do they need to stay the course? Do they, I mean, because right now you're a 500 football team roughly, right? Mm-hmm. Do they need to stay the course? Do they need to tear it down? Do they need to let Russ go? And do they need to get rid of E. Carroll, the 85-year-old chewing gum, you know, machine that he is? Where, where are you at with the Seattle team? Because I think you can make the argument both ways that Pete's way no longer is working. And I think Russ is kind of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I think it's time – more than likely to get rid of Russ. Okay. I think. I think wow, I'm, I'm a little surprised actually yeah. to hear you say that. Uh, I think. I think he's been great, and he's very well. He could be great anywhere he goes. Because he's that kind of guy. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. But I. I don't think that Seattle team is ready to do anything competitive. Yeah. Um. Their defense is just too bad. Yeah. And and there's if. I look at it if, if one side of the ball mm-hmm. is so atrocious yep. and there's not an easy fix to it, yeah. I, I think you have to tear it down. That's kind of where I'm going to go with most of this. Yeah, that's fine. So yeah, that's why yeah, that's and fine. we're going to get into it in a little bit, but that's why my Steelers won. Yeah. Like if you would have said, do you would you rather be the Seahawks or the Lions yeah. last week, I would have been more on tune of saying the Lions. Yeah, for sure. But when you bring up the Steelers, I see a relatively – I think their defense is good, and I think a relative fix is the quarterback. And once you fix that, I think it's fine or more yeah. fine than what it is. Absolutely. The Seahawks team, though, I say the offense looks good. 
Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, if Chris Carson can ever be healthy ever, then it would yeah. be fine. And their offensive line is what is what it is. I think their drafting is also their really drafting's always been bad. Eight ball as well. But their defense, like you have Jamal Adams who's hurt in and out of the lineup. Do you think, I want to ask you about that. Do you think and I, I want to talk I'm, we're talking a little bit more time on Seattle, I think more than other teams because Mike is follows Seattle closely. Mm. Like that's his other team. Like we're we're all Lions fans here, but you follow some teams closer than others, right? Mm. That's your other team in the NFL. Um <clears throat> excuse me. Do you think the Jamal Adams trade, looking at it in hindsight, obviously, because mm-hmm. that's all we can do, has really hurt them a lot more than has benefited them? Talk, take the injury bar out of it where he hasn't been available. Yeah. But, like, I don't think he transformed the defense. And I also don't think that losing those picks – now, granted, they don't necessarily – they haven't been drafting very well in the first round. But mm-hmm. multiple first-round picks for a guy that hasn't – I don't want to say done anything, but, like, hasn't – gotten you any closer i would say to mm-hmm. a championship because of the way way what kind of player he is he's yeah. not great in coverage he's an in the box thumper safety who's a athletic freak yeah you know what i mean he's not earl thomas see yeah see i <laughs> i look at it as well you know see here's or the thing camp is, chance, I, yeah, I look at it more chance, as a right, camp right, chancellor yeah, sure. type yep. player yep. but i think pete carroll's system is the thing that's ruining Jamal Adams? Okay, because they're going, "Hey Jamal, go sit in coverage." Yeah, and I go, and "He's not a coverage. He's not a good. It's no. like saying, "Hey Cam Chancellor, go, go sit, sit in, in coverage." coverage. Right, right. He doesn't yeah. cover people. Right. Cam Chancellor runs and knocks people out, and that's yeah. what Jamal Adams does. Mm-hmm. The problem is they don't let Jamal Adams do that. Yeah, and that's like the fundamental problem the defense has. Yeah. Also, they don't have any corners that can that can right. hold on to anybody. Mm-hmm. Also, they don't have a good pass rusher that can get there, and they have yeah. one good linebacker. Who's yeah, a great yeah. linebacker, but he's 33 years old and he's not going to be here very long. So, um, the team, the yeah. team is just not the defense is not where it needs to be. Yeah. So at this point, I think I think their O line too. They have a lot of the O line. The O line could like the O line can be good. Could be, yeah. but it's yeah. it's like Dwayne Brown's on last year. His Dwayne, deal, yeah, Dwayne Brown will probably 30, resign. Three thirty four. Yeah, yeah, Dwayne Brown will probably resign for another year. Yeah, but you're like on year by year basis with Dwayne Brown yeah. and everyone else. You don't have like I, I would say you have like. Damian Lewis as a guard, yeah. who's your one, and Gabe right. Jackson they trade for for the Raiders, yeah. are your two like solidified. Not a young pup either. <laughs> no, neither one of them are young pups. Or <laughs> right. well, Damian Lewis is, but yeah, yeah. yeah, but you have like two guards who are pretty mm-hmm. solid, and Dwayne and uh, Dwayne Brown. Yeah. Everyone else, you're like your center. You're like who knows? Okay. Your right tackle changes every single week because you never know who's playing right tackle. Mm-hmm. So. Um, in that sense, I would say if Russell, they could they could take Vitai. I would say if you were Seattle, send him to like Denver. Yeah. Send Russ to Denver and right. just start well, over. The three teams that we've heard that he would like to play, that he would be potentially able to play for, right, is the Giants. Denver and New Orleans, right? Yeah, those and right now, yeah, I think those are the three. I think Denver yeah. and New Orleans would be two perfect spots I think for New him. Orleans. Would be chomping at the bit to yeah. get him because him and Sean Payton together would be really, really nice. It would be ridiculous. Um, okay, I'm, I'm a little surprised to hear you say that. You know, I am objective, Rob. You, you and that's why I asked you. No, seriously, because I think it's important <laughs> to kind of put that asterisk on there because you, if you're Seattle, you go, well, if we just go in all in on the off. I mean, we have DK Metcalf, you have Tyler Lockett, their offense. Now this year has been a bit of an anomaly where he throws more than thirty times in the game. They're actually worse than yeah. you know, so they need that run game to help for sure. But you know, at the same time, he hasn't been healthy, and and you're really seeing that this team was so reliant upon Russ this year. Yeah. In past years, where you go, he masked a lot of mm-hmm. other issues because you know went on a streak where he threw twenty touchdowns in one pick. 
Yeah. Like you don't see that very often, you yeah. know. So um, yeah, you, you you saw it when Geno Smith played for three games, right? And you were like, this team's not good without him. Yeah, and you just yeah, DK him. is not DK. Tyler Lockett isn't the big play machine. Like yeah. you just don't see the explosiveness with the offense, mm-hmm. along with coupling the fact that Chris Carson's gone or that he's hurt and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So interesting. Um, San Francisco 49ers. That's the other one I want to talk about here. They're seven and six right now. They're banged up a little bit. That's the tale of all this time at this point. But I want, I'm more interested, not so much about whether they have the right path. I think Kyle Shanahan is the coach for them. I mean, he's proven yes. that, right? He's a very good coach, very good offensive mind. They run the ball really, really good. doesn't matter who's back there. I want to talk about specifically, though, the quarterback position for them because that's the biggest question mark. Not because I'm negative on Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not what I mean. But you have Trey Lance now. Now, Trey Lance is not playing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Jimmy G's show, at least for this year. They've kind of already kind of settled into that. But next year, you have a big question mark here because it's, you know, and somebody made the – I think Peter King made the absurd thing. Well, why don't you just keep them both just in case Jimmy G gets hurt? And you're like, yeah, but you gave up a lot of assets for a guy that's not playing. And that is very tough to sell to people when you have this shiny new toy over here. Now, I'm not saying he's ready to play or not, but you can't give up multiple first-round picks and do all these things to trade up and trade down and do all these things to then not play a guy and then also have to now lose out on two years of his rookie contract window for Jimmy G. I see. I kind of disagree in a sense only because I think you could have Garoppolo play one more year. You think so? Yes. Because, because you have the four year window for the rookie plus the fifth year option because he was a first round pick. Yep. I think having three years, I think because the Niners are looking at probably a three year window to win a Super Bowl. At, at, like in no, the short I, I'm, term, no, I'm with you. I think I'm with I think you. I think when you resign Trey Lance, then maybe it becomes. Well, when you resign Bosa, Kinshaw. Yeah, like, like you have all you, of these guys. Lot so guys I think you have a nice little three 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 year <laughs> yeah. window where you're yep. not paying him anything. Yep. And so you sure. have to hit him with a massive whatever. Yep. Um, I think you could play Garoppolo one more year, mm-hmm. have him play, and I think you could easily do a Alex Smith. Um. God, what's the name? Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's what you mean. Yeah. yeah like, like switcheroo there. I was thinking nine. Yeah, there. I was thinking Chiefs. <laughs> uh, where, where you have this guy play, either something happens to Garoppolo, or you just kind of slowly mm-hmm. move him out of the system, mm-hmm. and Trey Lance is your guy through the course mm-hmm. of the next year, and then after next year, he has three more years. So then you have three years right. on his. Now, let deal. me ask you this though, because I just looked up his contract just to make sure here, right? So Jimmy G's contract is this year, right? Whatever, right? But next year, right? He makes twenty-seven million dollars. That's his cap hit, right? Mm-hmm. If they cut him, they save twenty-five million. If they just straight up just let him go. Mm-hmm. But this is also the last year of his deal in twenty twenty-two. So going into the next season, this is last year in his deal. Do you think that if they just keep him, then you lose the ability to recoup some assets for a team? Say, I don't know. Um, Carolina could be in the market for Seattle if they let Russ mm-hmm. go and they don't trade one because they're not going to have a first-round pick. So it's like, do you go that – like, there's teams that would be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean – Let me okay. put it that way, right? I, w- I would say, um, I mean, look for offers. If you see something you can't refuse, you take it. I mean, they only traded a second-round pick for them. They've clearly gotten enough mon- – they've gotten value out of that, yes. right? But I, I also look at – I think he could be good for at least one more year there you know, it's, no, it's I, yeah it's one it's one of the two i think because you also have to see is what are teams gonna want to trade for him yeah. because he doesn't put up the numbers right right well, so yeah. like when you watch him he doesn't throw well, like, and he's only got one year left yeah on his deal so it's like okay if we trade for him similar to what they had to do we trade for him but you have to and we got a 
pay him yeah. pretty much immediately, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, okay, is he going to be our guy or not, right? Exactly. And he has an injury history. He's 30. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not a death sentence like it used to be in the NFL, but point being, yeah. with an injury history and what have you, I just, I'm very interested to kind of see where they go. In your mind, what would, what would you, if you're John Lynch, mm-hmm. right, the GM for the Niners, what do you do? Do you stand pat? Jimmy G's the guy, let Trey Lance marinate and hope that the injury bug doesn't kill you to give you because I do think Garoppolo, right this second, does give you a better chance to win. Now, yes. next year, if Trey Lance is like, oh, no, Trey Lance looks amazing, and he's just, you know, whatever, that's fine. But right now, I do think Garoppolo gives you a better chance to win this game. But with the amount of assets you've given up to get Trey Lance, mm-hmm. knowing that Garoppolo's on the last year of his deal, do you do you stand pat with Garoppolo and just let it sit there, knowing you're missing out on potential recouping of assets that you could then use to help out your guy? Or... Do you get rid of Jimmy G and roll with the kid, knowing, listen, we got three years to figure it out anyway because he's on his rookie contract, so we can kind of push our chips to the middle of the table a little bit. Yeah. We're paying Teron Armstead already a ton of money to protect his blind side. We've got the run game already. We just need, you know, whatever. You know, yeah. I mean, you have Debo Samuels turned into a top five receiver this mm-hmm. year. A receiver, running back, whatever the hell you want to call him. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're John Lynch, what do you do? Oh, I, I would say keep Garoppolo. Okay. Just because having the two quarterback like it's always nice to have the safety Blake as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like you say, we only trade you only trade a second round to get Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. So then it's like you trade him you, you could trade him for a couple firsts or, or whatever it is, but at yeah. the same time you didn't do so much to get rid of it or to get him anyway. Yeah. It's not like you gave up four first round picks to get this guy. No, so, that was when Belichick went a little senile for a minute there. Yeah, he was like, I'm right. just gonna give everybody away because I'm mad at Tom Brady. Yeah. I'm like, what? So I, I think yeah. you keep him for the rest of the year. Okay. And you think let their windows roll. now then basically. I, I think their yeah. windows now. I do now. too. I agree with you now. I agree. And, and there's so many guys on a cheap contract. We right we now. talked about at the beginning of the year where a fully healthy 49er team is probably like a top four mm-hmm. um, roster in football. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they need help in the secondary desperately right yes. now. I think is their biggest thing. But like Debo Samuel's turned into his own. I think Ayuk is a solid number two. Um, yeah, you, know, you have Kittle that you're paying right now, but like you know, Trent Williams, not Trent. I'm sorry, Trent Williams is like okay. You paid him a bunch of money to stay. Yeah, but you like, have like you Bosa. Know, you have your Nick key, Bosa is going to be due. You you have your you have your key um, positional mm-hmm. groups. Nick Bosa, who they're going to resign, is Nick Bosa. Yep. Um, you got Fred Warner, your middle linebacker. They already, I think they they already resigned Fred Warner. I think they did. I think they did this last. And month. then and then yeah. you you have a couple secondary pieces, mm-hmm. more more or less your safeties and your corners, but you have a couple secondary pieces that are uh, very. Yeah. Good there. Yeah, so, Fred Warner is going to make a lot of money in the next couple of years. He's trying through twenty twenty six, I think. Technically. Yeah. Whew. Goodness gracious! But Nick Bosa is going to be due after this year because he's going into his fifth year option. They're going to pick that up for ten million. He's going to get to get re-signed. There's lots of lots of moving pieces for the Niners, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very interesting to see that. But I do think their window is now, and I, you know, I'm all for competition in all these divisions. That's all good yes. for me. All right. Uh, next one I want to talk about here. I'm not going to be as stingy. Um, although the next conference is pretty interesting as well. Um, <coughs> excuse me, Carolina Panthers. Ooh. I got into an argument with a buddy of mine uh, where he was really That's excited tough. that they signed Cam. That's and I was tough. Like, I was like, oof. I'm like, I think you're going to be really disappointed. And then he had a game, a good game. And he was like, ah, ha, ha. And then I went, just wait for it. And then the last three games, I went, ah, ha, ha. I told him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you trade for Darnold. It's not necessarily going great anymore. It was the beginning of the year. It was. Um. We probably should have waited to do quarterback rankings, I guess, because now I look like an idiot, but it's fine. We, um, I, we believe in Darnold. I do. Um, Jets, you just can't go to the Jets before you go anywhere else right, because no it just messes yeah, you up. Oh, shit. Um, Matt Rule, don't know if he's going to be there. They already fired Joe Brady, the OC. 
Give me the one thing you think. Is it the quarterback position thing they need to figure out? CMC can't stay on the field for more than four snaps at a time. Yeah. Um, I don't mind their receiving core. I think it's okay. I think it's pretty decent, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense is pretty good for the yeah. most part. J.C. Horn, Ryan Burns. They, they really just need to figure out that quarterback spot. Do you think that starts with figuring out whether Matt Rule is their guy? Because there's already been some rumors that he may be looking to go to college again. There may be rumors that, like, this isn't working because the offense is poop because yeah. they can't I mean, that I mean, spot. I think, I think that is the important thing. Yeah. I think Matt Rule is the guy. Okay. I think he's done a really good job, especially on the defensive side, to help out there. Yeah. Um, but they need to find – the Not guy him. at quarterback because you can't <laughs> yeah. you can like through the year you've had four you're like i don't remember the last time a six or five six win team has had five quarterbacks play in a season no kidding no kidding seriously you're like not usually yeah. you, usually you're like okay if you're two wins mm-hmm. usually that's your rotating door quarterback thing because you just like either they're hurt or yeah. like they can't stay or, or your whatever lines, you have jared or, or your lines you have jared off and yep. you just can't figure it out or whatever yep but like you have five quarterbacks playing this year and you have five wins like that's insane. You have Cam, Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, Num Nuts that was playing. It was like their fourth string that played for a little bit because they were losing so bad. So they got it. They just have to figure out the quarterback spot. Yeah, and it's no one they have on the roster so right now. So you think they need to draft somebody? I yeah. think they should draft. See, in the perfect fit, I feel like for all these teams, can they pick? Can they pick it? Yeah. I think he would work so well there. But yeah, oh my gosh, they have Matt Barkley too. Good lord. Okay, all right, next team I want to talk about here, New Orleans Saints. I think New Orleans is extremely interesting depending on the rust situation and a lot of aspects. Because yes. I think a lot of their problems get solved if you just trade a whole bunch of picks to Seattle and yes. go get Russell Wilson. Um, and fix just about every problem I have with them. I kind of agree, honestly, because I think, like, let me ask you this, though. Say they trade for Russ, okay? What is Russ bringing you that maybe Drew Brees couldn't give you in – in his prime, right? Because they won the Super Bowl, right? And they never got back. They never yes. figured out how to get back over that hump, right? And every year, 14 and 2, whatever, didn't matter. Division round, outside of the Minnesota Miracle, that's, that's you know, whatever. But like, yeah. they never figured out how to get back to it. Is that a Sean Payton thing? Is that just a, well, it's just you're the Green Bay Packers kind of yeah, thing? Here, what, here's, what's here's the thing that Russ gives you that yeah. no other quarterback can give you is the mobility factor because mm-hmm. Drew Brees was so a statue back there statue yeah that even like Brady can move a little bit in the pocket Brees never moved in the no, pocket like if no. you got him off his feet it was over yeah. like you and that was the way to beat the Saints was blitz yeah. a lot and just get yeah. him to move if he moves it's over yep Russ. You, you, Russ is interesting because Russ kind of gives me the Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes thing, mm-hmm. where if you blitz him, you're screwed. Yeah, cause but if you don't, because he's going to step up, and yeah. it's every, if it's zero coverage and it's one on one everywhere, yep. you'll find the open guy. But then if you sit back nine guys, he mm-hmm. can move around in the pocket enough to where you're not going to be able to sack him, yep. and eventually someone's going to get open. No, I'm with you. So yeah. I think that's the factor. Like Drew Brees, it was you blitz six. And if he if he doesn't find the right guy right away, it's over. If you're the Russ Saints, can extend. If you're the, play. the Saints, you just go all in. and You go, what do you want? Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I figured too. You've got you've got you you hit on so many draft picks the last couple of years, right? With yeah. Your Kamara. defense is so young. I, yeah. Um, relatively, um, yeah. your offense is actually both sides. The problem with the young. Saints, and and I'm going to say this now, and I know people don't like to hear it, but their salary cap situation is awful. Is terrible. Yeah. They're going to be sixty million dollars in the hole with the cap going up. That's insane to me. I mean, the Packers. Are I don't know f- if they could logically trade for Russell Wilson. I don't know either, and that's the thing. I don't know what they would have to give up because picks don't count for nothing, really. You're not yeah. saving a ton of money with picks. Yeah, you're saving um, like three million dollars yeah. with picks. Or whatever, so it's so. like I don't know what they would have to do, but 
an interesting take. So salary cap does play a little bit of a role in here, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, like I talked yeah. about it before. Lions, multiple first-round picks, $40 million in cap space. Yeah. You can have ability to get better immediately. Like that's yeah. part of it, right? Yeah, if the Saints were in like Madden and you could turn the salary cap off, training for Russell Wilson would solve every problem you have. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think in real life it's actually a palpable for sure thing to do. Um. I guess we should – oh, God, there's so many problems. There's so many middling teams right now in the league. i got to kind of pick and choose here a little bit. Um, a lot of them are very – like, if you yeah. want to go through, like, Washington, just find a quarterback. quarterback yeah, for sure. Eagles. Um, that is one I do want to talk about. Let's talk about them real fast. I think the Giants, they need they need. A Giants are Giants are too low down. Yeah, right. I agree with that. I think they – well, they're going to fire their GM. You don't know if you have the right coach. You're going to stick with him for another year. You need to find a new offensive coordinator. you got to get a new quarterback. You yeah. gotta figure out Saquon's ever like you, gonna be Saquon yeah, again. You, you have, have to, a lot of weapons. Yeah. But did you allocate resources? And, and your defense is like fine. Yeah. But not help. very good. Yeah. So um, you need a lot more help than everyone else. Uh but Philadelphia is interesting, right? We kind of made fun of Philadelphia quite a bit. I didn't like the roster. I still don't really like the roster, quite frankly. I think Jalen Hurts is better than I thought he was. I think that's part of it for sure. Um I think Nick Sirianni is a bit of a doofus still a little bit. I do too. But um the, you think they found their guy in Jalen Hurts? I, I do. I think he is yeah. very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think Devontae Smith helps a lot because mm-hmm. he gets open all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think their next kind of step, if you're Philadelphia, looking at their their cap situation, uh, they've got $13 million in cap. Guess who's got three first-round picks next year? Because, Philadelphia because, Eagles because Carson Wentz is playing 75%. It. So you're going to see a very quickly improved Philadelphia Eagles I think team. they have two of them in the top ten, too. I'm yeah, sure I think the Jets do. I think – the Giants do the too, Giants, or something. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the, the Dolphins, first, I think do too. Like the top ten is literally just like four or five teams. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's gonna be insane. Actually, I wish the Lions had two top ten picks, but it's fine. Um, well, just you you, you hope the, the Lions were gonna be good. They could have had two top ten picks. I know it was never gonna happen though. You know that. Yeah. Um. All right, let's talk about um Chicago. It's a dumpster fire. Yeah, they Chicago, need to fire everybody. All they have is a quarterback. Yeah, That's they, all they, they have need there. to fire everybody. They need a lot of help. Um, old defense. Minnesota is an interesting team though because Minnesota we felt like just a few years ago at the start of this show their window was now right mm-hmm. like this is their window you're gonna, you're gonna you went to the NFC Championship game with Case Keenum mm-hmm. and you got obliterated but that's beside the point you had one really good play though yeah you did you had one really good play right and then you go and you're like gonna make the first ever fully guaranteed contract of that magnitude Kirk Cousins biggest free agent white or quarterback since probably Peyton Manning and you sign him, and you haven't done anything since. You have Delvin Cook. You had Thielen and Diggs at one point. You piss off Diggs, so he goes to Buffalo. And you just find Justin Jefferson. And you find Justin Jefferson. It falls right into your lap. And I think Kirk Cousins is actually not playing bad. I think He's, he's actually yeah, playing really he's well. He's playing really well. Um, his numbers are pretty darn good, honestly. Um, he doesn't turn the ball over a ton. He's got a good touch-on-interception ratio. I mean, Delvin Cook's a machine. We saw that a couple weeks ago against Pittsburgh. Um Defense, though, man. It went from being top. top three in the league to, well, we're just going to keep bringing guys back. Mm-hmm. Like Patrick Peterson. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Why are you signing Patrick Peterson? No no offense to Pat Pete. I don't need a 38-year-old corner. You know, and, you know, and Mike Zimmer looks disconnected. I mean, they lost to the Lions. There's a lot of problems there. If you're Minnesota, do you – I mean, Kirk Cousins is like, we got to – let me let me check with that real fast here because they're going to be in the hole desperately next year. Kirk Cousins is making currently um, seventy six million dollars. He's going to have seventy six million dollars in dead cap if we cut him. Or no, I'm sorry, forty five million dollars if they cut him next year. Yeah. So they don't save any money because they kick the can down the road. His cap number next year is forty five million dollars. So he's 
probably going to be a Minnesota Viking next year. Yeah. And the year after that is the year he finally comes off the books altogether. Do you just ride it out and yeah. say, we got to tear it down? We've got – but the problem is, like, Delvin Cook, you're going to have to figure that out, right? Justin Jefferson, you've got a young, the, budding star there. The only – middling hope you have yeah. and it's not even reliant on what you do yeah. it's actually another team in the division what, yeah, what they the Packers do, do. is what the Packers do yep. because if the Packers lose Rodgers and Devontae and Devonte Adams, Adams right. you can probably stay the course for a year and win the division next year uh, I, no, I'm just kidding Keep yeah. <laughs> so and if you win the division you go into the dance into the yeah. playoffs I mean, and then anything chance. can happen. Right. Like I'm not saying they're going to have any shot. I don't think Mike Zimmer I don't think Mike Zimmer stays. This year. Yeah, no, I, I think, think he's, he's going to get this. fired. But I'm just saying like yeah. the roster out as it's constructed, mm-hmm. I think you can make the argument to stay one more year yeah. unless Rodgers and Devonte Adams stay in Green Bay. Yeah. And then at that point you're like, well we're not going to win the division. So some of these teams down. are interesting to me because I feel like at some point you kind of have to embrace just going it didn't work. Yes. You know what I mean, and I and I think Minnesota's a year away from that. Like I said, like I think I think at the end of the year you go, you you're watching the the TVs in the off season. You go, is Roger staying? Yep, right. Is Roger staying? Right, and that's the, that's your decision. Well, yeah. If Roger stays, yeah. you break it down. Mm-hmm. If Rogers and Devonte Adams leaves, you go. We're gonna try it one more year. Yeah, and hope to God he goes and to hope AFC. to God that you go. Yeah, hope to yeah hope to God he goes to Denver. Yeah, because he goes if he if he doesn't go to like Denver or the Raiders or yeah, uh, right. any of those teams, if he goes to the NFC, you're screwed anyway because he's gonna beat you there anyway. So for sure, if he goes to like Washington, you're screwed. So all right, um, let's see. We're not gonna talk about Houston or Jacksonville. They're both dumpster fires. Yes, um, Urban Meyer got fired. By the way, hilarious college um, coach. Yeah. Hundred percent. Did you see that? Stat? Did you see that the big chart? Basically, hmm. it was like all these college coaches, and most of them are under five hundred. You know what's interesting? That I was and thinking Harbaugh about actually forty four and nineteen with three NFC championship appearances in the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, you know what's interesting though? Craziness. Is it, it's weird that the top tier, and maybe it's because it's so different fundamentally from college NFL. It is that the top tier college coaches don't make it in the NFL, but like the weird non Power Five coaches can do it. Yeah. Well, I think because they treat the problem is is that it's because like they have to develop younger ta- like they're yeah. better at like the the game like if like Urban Meyer gets like six five star guys mm-hmm. you just plug and play. Yeah. I think the problem is it's not so much the coaching as much as it is is the the demeanor the way you are a coach. Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, those kind of guys are CEO head coaches. Mm-hmm. They are I am the king of the castle and you will do what I say. Where. Other guys, and I think that's why Matt Rule had some early success, that's why Pete Carroll's had success, is he is a player's guy. Yeah. Pete Carroll is a rah-rah, let's go, guys. We're having fun. We're going to do this together. I'm with mm-hmm. you. I'm one of you. It's a totally di- – and when you're dealing with multimillionaires compared to scared college kids, they're just like, I just I got to get on the field because if I don't get on the field, I'm not going to get drafted. If I don't get drafted, I don't know what I'm going to do, yeah. blah, 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 blah. The fear factor works in college. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. That's why Harbaugh didn't make it. Harbaugh grinds guys. You you saw after he left San Francisco, you were just like the guys were like, he's a great coach, but he just never stops. He mm-hmm. just never stops. And that like I'm a 32 year old man making eight million dollars a year. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he grinds and he grinds and he grinds. So his style, I think, ultimately is more suited for college too. But yes, like, he is. If you're not a player's coach and you're not a guy that people want to play for, mm-hmm. I think it's very difficult to make that tra- Because you're going in thinking, well, I'm the, I'm the king. That's what Urban Meyer did. And players went, you haven't done anything here, though. I don't mm-hmm. care about the national championship. Jimmy Johnson won multiple national championships, and then he was like, I got to get you people to buy in. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm part of this, right? I think I think that's the fundamental problem. But yeah. I, I agree with you. I think some of these guys go in and they're just like, oh, 
It's just weird because okay. I feel like a guy maybe like like a Luke Fickle from Cincinnati yeah. would be a really good NFL coach. Yeah. But like when you but like Nick Saban didn't work. It's just so weird that yeah. like the top tier guys can't work. Yeah. But like these like smaller school guys I would like, to, like move I, over. I, I, well. Nick Saban's pretty old, so I don't think he's gonna go anywhere. But no. I would have loved to see Saban try one more time with somebody yeah. else. Maybe like just with a team where you just go, okay, like with this Jacksonville team. Yeah. I think he could have done something because he does a great job of getting people around him that are so good. Like, yeah. everybody that's on this coaching staff is probably a head coach somewhere. Yeah. Mel Tucker, Kirby Smart, Lane Kiffin, Sarkeesian, all you, these guys. Do you think a guy like Dabo Sweeney would be good in the NFL? Honestly, no. Because I don't know what Dabo does for this team, for, for Clemson at this point. Yeah, like, I don't I, either. You know what I mean? Like, And here's the thing, too. I think when Dabo came out and was like, I don't agree that college players should get paid, I think a lot of people went, well, screw you. Yeah. So I think he's a more CEO type than I think that he lets on. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We talked about Pittsburgh at nauseum last week. Um, yeah, just put Aaron Rodgers in. They'll be fine. <laughs> Jesus. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about the, uh, the Raiders and the Broncos because I think they're both in very similar spots because I think they both need a quarterback and they both need new head coaches. Well. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Raiders are gonna get one, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But like, the, the funny thing about that is, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I don't mind Derek Carr. Yeah, like I think Derek Carr is fine. Yeah. I think, I think the team is the rest of the team is pretty rough. Yeah, like they have like him, Josh Jacobs. That's it. Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. Their drafting has been so bad. Yeah, I mean, you missed on Damon Arnett, which don't know why you took him in the first round. He's cut. Yeah. Henry Ruggs is going to go to jail for the rest of his life. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. Those were your two first-round picks in the same year. Yeah. And they're gone two years ago. I, I've never heard of uh, Colin. Was Colin Farrell. Colin he was Farrell. supposed to go to the Lions at 15. Yeah. And he went to four, at, at three or four, three, or whatever it yeah. was. And I haven't heard his they name once. They could have taken once. Josh Allen. Yeah. The linebacker. That's yeah. what they could have taken. Nope. And so it's um, just like, so, oh, yeah, the, Alex Leatherwood. This last year, a tackle from Alabama was a second-round pick. No. Nope. 17th overall. What yeah. is going on? So their their drafting's awful. Like they're I think I think that's a guy who if you're like you have to throw that thing into Low the ground. Key, if you're the Lions and you get somewhere. Derek Carr for a year while you figure out a quarterback situation, you immediately get better. Yes, I, I'm do. not a Derek Carr guy, but he's also led you to a 12-4 season, and then he broke his leg. Like, yeah. I don't necessarily think Derek Carr is a problem. I agree with you 100. But you have given him nothing. Yeah, in terms of health, he not is, even weapons. I'm just talking about organizationally. He, he's the he's the Stafford of the AFC, where I think he has a lot of talent and yeah. he can be really good. But it's like, oh, you just don't give him any talent to work with. Yeah. So it's like, like just if give he, me a team. like if he went to, uh, I'm just gonna keep throwing yeah. it out there. If he yeah. was he was a Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah. Yeah. You're telling me they they don't have eight nine wins right now? Yeah. Looking at, I mean, they have Darren Waller, which is helpful, but like, yeah, but he's hurt. Yeah, but like he's looking at looking at some of this team, right? You're just like, oh, KJ Wright is starting for you at corner, right, or at, at linebacker right now. Exactly. The old. Ass. He's like 37, and, and Seattle didn't want him on a yeah. minimum vet, on a vet minimum contract. Yeah, that says something. They've missed they've missed a lot of picks. Denver is interesting to me. I like Vic Fangio. It just hasn't worked. I don't feel like. Yes. And I think they're. I think you need youth. For Denver Broncos, I, I think you need to. I, I think, think that's why they traded yeah. Von Miller. And I'm glad that John Elway is no longer the GM. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's the president, and they hired somebody else to be the GM because John Elway can't evaluate quarterbacks. No. He cannot do it. He does not have the ability to do it. Teddy's fine. He's not good. I don't even. I, I'm not even going to put him in good. I think he's average. Yeah, I don't he think he's. I don't think he's good. Um, he's like the perfect backup. Is what he 100%, is. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Definitely can win me a football game if I need him. Um. They're the team, though, to me, where I look at the offensive side and I go, you could make a massive run, even with the way your defense is currently set up right now, mm-hmm. 
if you had Russell Wilson or if you had Aaron Rodgers, if you had Derek Carr, <laughs> yeah, that, you're probably you could, right. You could yeah. throw the ball, who could throw the ball around a yeah. little bit. Like you'd probably have nine, 10 wins yeah. with just him. I just, yeah, that's a team. Like, that, like that's what I mean. It's like, just yeah. add a decent quarterback or a good quarterback there. Yeah. Isn't and it amazing team. how many times you can just say that? Oh, look at that. It's just a quarterback. It's all you need. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous actually. All right. A couple more here and then we'll kind of wrap this up here. Uh, who else do I want to talk about? Um, uh, Miami. That's the other one I want to talk about. I want to talk about Miami. Um, Miami's interesting to me. Do you think they found the guy in Tua, number one? And number two, they have a lot of first-round ammunition. But they're another team that hasn't really done a whole lot with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at it, okay, you took Tua, that's fine. Then you took that d- tackle out of USC. All right, maybe, I guess. Then they took that weird corner. Um, I'm with a long them. last name. Yeah, that I don't even think. Yeah, uh, I don't even think he's playing for them right now. No, he's not. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, like they took Jalen Wall last year. That's fine, but like, uh, I don't. I don't think it's very good. Let me just put it that way, right? Like Austin Jackson is moved into guard now. He's not even playing tackle for you. He was the guy that they took in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. You have Albert Wilson and Devontae Parker, which is fine. Wolf Fuller was a bust for them. Mm-hmm. I just. For me, they're so weird. They're a weird team. They're in a division now that's very winnable, clearly, all of a sudden, and I don't understand how Buffalo has I, just taken it. I think the the problem, Miami, actually, like, a slight disagree on that is yeah. I don't think because of how good Buffalo can be, be, should yeah. be, and can be, <laughs> and the Patriots are just somehow always going to be there yeah. somehow until Bill Belichick leaves, yeah. is I don't know how winnable that division is. Yeah. Right now, yeah. I wouldn't say knock it down necessarily, yeah. because I think I think Tua is good. You, you think Tua is the guy? You think that's the guy they should I, actually I put so. their eggs in, you know, and just kind of go, all right, I guess yeah. this is. I this think is... I think Tua needs to be insulated a little more than other guys, but I think he's winnable. Yeah. Um, but I think with the defense that they have, I mean, mm-hmm. they they're on a five game win streak. They're going to probably beat the Jets yesterday. Yeah. I'm assuming, <laughs> unless the Jets pull off something crazy, That's and they're they going to be what seven and seven, seven or six. And seven. Yeah. seven and seven. They start off one and seven, so he's had the worst start absolutely you could even have. Yep. And they went on a 16 winning streak. If they if they weren't one and if they were just two and six, they'd probably they'd be better than the Bills would after yeah. a Jets win. So I think they I wind know. up finishing seven and ten though. They play at the Saints, at Titans, and then home against the Patriots. Now, I, I know I, they yeah. get, I get it. They beat the Patriots already, but I don't think they beat the Titans. I don't think they beat the Saints in New Orleans. I think it's going to be a tough ask. Yeah. And then I think any game against the Patriots is tough. Yeah, they so, beat them by one point. At yeah, New and the Orleans. Patriots are going to want that game anyway. But yeah. um, I, I don't know. Either I think, way, I yeah. think, I think they're they're a hard they're, team for me. They're a hard team because I don't necessarily like to your parameters. Yeah. they're not really there. Yeah, but I think. A, a few teams were going to fall off the map soon, mm-hmm. and they could be there. Yeah. They're, the, I think, one of the hardest teams to evaluate right now because you don't see anything about the route. Jalen Waddle's having a great rookie season, no doubt. But, like, you look at this roster and you just go, I don't see anything that makes me go, oh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I look at Denver's receiving core, and I go, man, you just put anybody else in, at quarterback. Yeah. And, like, Jerry Judy should be phenomenal, yes. right? Like, and they've re-signed everybody. Tim Patrick, Sodden, everybody. Um, you look at a team like uh, – like Washington, and you go, you need a quarterback in the worst way. Yeah. And you just need some of the, like Chase Young going down kills you, right? You look at um, even the Niners, and you go, the Niners are there. They're, uh-huh. they're literally there. Yeah. They're know? just like a corner. And they're all in the, kind away. of that similar six and seven, seven and six range, and you yeah. just go, yeah, my, Miami's not a player away, but I think yeah. after this draft, if they hit on two or three guys, yeah. they could be. 
around that, like at least trying to win the division, if sure. not high wild card right. ceiling after that. Last one, Cincinnati. I'm gonna exclude their seven and six, but they're clearly on the way up. They just have to yes, learn how yeah, to win. Yeah, they, Burrow's they, just got to cut down on him, the picks. Him and the Chargers both are both. Yeah, no, like, yeah. Chargers are eight and five. They're yeah. they're eight and six now, but they're they're there. Yeah. I I I firmly believe that the Chargers are gonna be players for them. It sucks that they're in the same division as Kansas City. Yes, but you're gonna see. Awesome matchups for years to come for that. I'm not worried about the Chargers right now at all. Um, Cleveland, though, is the last thing I want to talk about before we kind of get into this COVID stuff on the NFL real fast. Cleveland is interesting to me because Cleveland is that team we talked about at length in the offseason where we went, this could be the best roster, Mm -hmm. like actual roster in football. It felt like a fantasy drafted type of team. Um, with all of the names. Mm-hmm. Now, some of these names haven't played that great. I don't remember Davion Clowney anymore, so there's that. Um, is ba- Are you going to pay Baker? And if you do, what do you need to do to get this team out of – you went from being the worst franchise ever to being now you're just in the middle and you're like the king of average where you look the great at sometimes and you look awful other times, mm-hmm. and I don't get it. Is it strictly because Baker just can't get it done? Is it because they're banged up? Is it because Stefanski is maybe not coach of the year that he was last year? I don't. I don't understand what happened. Basically, I'm not expecting them to come out and be 15 and two, but like Mike, like you know, they need help at wide receiver, but they couldn't get it done with Odell and Jarvis Landry, um, and Austin Hooper and David and Joku. Now some of these guys are hurt. I get mm-hmm. it, right? But. Miles Garrett, Malik Jackson, Jadavian Clowney, JOK, uh, Denzel Ward, Ronnie Harrison, John Johnson. They've got so much talent everywhere. And yep. yet, we're 7-6. and six. Explain mm-hmm. that to me because I don't get it. I would be killing if I were the Lions for this roster right now, even yeah. with Baker. Yeah. Um, they're tough. Um, Baker's been – I mean, Rough. Baker has – He's been se- banged up. Baker has 17 hard. injuries right now on him that he's just trying to play through. Mm-hmm. He has, like, a torn rotator cuff that he's like, I would get surgery later on, and I'm like, okay, yeah. that's His fine. current season stat line right now, just so we all have it, right? 2,600 yards right now, 13 touchdowns, seven interceptions mm-hmm. right now is his current stat line. But continue. Um, but I think they've – I think Baker's probably the biggest thing that they have, but I don't even know if – like Baker was a hundred percent, they would be much better. Again, we're just gonna just throw it out there again. <clears throat> they're just a quarterback away. <laughs> do you think? Do you think? But so? I think they're actually worse. I think their defense has needs, not played well. Has not played well. I think no. their linebackers have played really, really bad. Actually, mm-hmm. I think Miles Garrett is the only one on that defense that really gets pressure at yeah. all. And um, their secondary isn't anything that like scares me. Like when I go, if I if I look going to on a, paper it does, but if I if reality. I go into a Browns game and I look at their roster and I go, okay, so we just have to throw quick passes, yeah, and that's how we can beat the Browns. That's what the Lions did. I think they're the king of in a lot of uh, people's minds. They are the king of taking everybody that your team wishes they took, mm-hmm. but then they're not really playing to the level that you thought, right? Like I'm looking at some of these guys, Grant Delpit. Should have been a first-round pick, right? Falls yeah. around two, is currently not playing for them. I think he's hurt. He's either out with COVID or something like that. Greedy Williams, another guy everyone thought, top corner in the draft. Nope, falls later rounds. They take him. JOK, I remember people slamming the fist on the ground for JOK for the Lions in round two. I remember right? that. And uh, he's playing, but you're not. he's not in that Micah Parsons range right now, right? Um, Denzel Ward, fast as hell, but – once again, is he there? Jadavian Clowney, Malik Badal, Malik Jackson, all guys that have names but aren't performing to the level that you should be, right? 
Um, I think they're just kind of that, like the, like I said, the roster looks amazing on paper. And in Madden, I'm sure it's pretty darn good. But in reality, it just feels like they're just – they're an average football team. And if you can't run the ball, they're really bad. Like, mm-hmm. they shouldn't have beat the Lions no. this past year, right? I mean, like, if, if – I, I firmly believe, and I can't believe I'm saying this, if Jared Goff plays instead of Tim Boyle, I think you have that game won. Probably. You know? I mean, look who they've beaten this year. The Texans, the Bears, Minnesota, uh, the Broncos, the Bengals, the Lions, and they ju- their biggest one of the year was yesterday – or was last week against the Ravens mm-hmm. at home. But with Lamar Hurt. With Lamar Hurt. But you know they lost to? They lost to the Chiefs. Close, but they lost to them. Chargers, Cardinals, Steelers, Patriots, and then at Baltimore. Yeah. All playoff teams they've lost That's, to. And you know, they are the exact team that the Chiefs have been all year th- this year, too. Is yep. when you look at the Chiefs' losses, yep. you go Tennessee, Buffalo, yep. Chargers the first time, yep. and um, the other playoff team that they played. Um, I they theoretically could go maybe one and four. They play the, they play Ravens, the yeah. Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Bengals. Two of which are at yeah. at Packers at Pittsburgh. I I don't think they yeah I don't think they don't make playoffs. Either. I don't I don't believe they make the I don't playoffs. Think they do either. I think so. And so, that's a big disappointment yeah, considering to, where they thought they, they were a play away from being the Chiefs to go to the AFC conference title yeah. game. To now you're missing the playoffs. The a, the AFC side I have uh, Baltimore and Cincinnati yep. Bills. Oh no no not Cincinnati. I don't think they'll make it. I don't think they'll make it. Ba- Baltimore uh, Bills Patriots Chiefs Chargers Colts. Titans. Titans, yeah, and I don't see where the where the Browns can exceed any of those teams. No, nope. and you I think the Bengals are the eight, and I don't think they can crazy? exceed the Bengals. Cleveland right now, the way this schedule's broken down, right, where they don't really have any signature wins really outside of beating Baltimore, right? You know, this team reminds me a lot of Jim Caldwell's Lions, mm-hmm. where you're beating the bad teams, the teams you should beat, yeah. but every good team you've played, you lose, even if you lose close, right? I get it; it's tough sometimes, right? It doesn't fall your way, but you also have team. You also have games where you lose thirty-seven to fourteen to the Cardinals, or you lose forty-five to seven to New England, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're only scoring four. You know, you're only scoring fourteen points, and you're getting a win over a bad Lions team. Like these are the games where, like, and everybody wants to harp on the Lions for firing Jim Caldwell. I go, well, Jim Caldwell was average, above average. That's what he was, and so. That's what this team is right now. It's extremely disappointing because I was really hoping that they would maybe break through. But do you think they pick up uh, Baker Smith, your option, before we wrap this up? Probably, yes. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, but they're, I don't, I think uh, they're stuck, unfortunately. Yeah. I think they're kind of like, we got to give it one more year to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, guys, that's going to be it for this week's show. Oh, let's talk COVID real fast. COVID. Um, affecting a lot of teams in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? Just real fast as we kind of end on it here. Do you think that COVID is going to wind up dictating results in the playoffs? Do you think they're going to figure this out before playoff time comes? We're about four or five weeks out. A lot of guys are out right now. Mm -hmm. They're having to mismatch schedules. Do you think this is the first time we're going to see COVID actively have an active participation in determining big key starters being out of games? Like Uh, the Rams missing Jalen Ramsey and like Odell and like all these guys, right? That, those are huge contributors. Mm-hmm. Rodgers gets COVID again and he's out for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I I don't Any think so. I no. think I think they'll. Okay. F- I think the NFL will find a way to have arm guards on somebody's house. Move, <laughs> yeah, move the matchup or do something yeah. to where you'll get the matchup as fair as possible. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. We're gonna see that kind of break down through uh, this week, but that's gonna be it for this week's show, guys. Next week. 
On the post-Christmas edition, we are talking a ton of NBA. So be ready for that. Lots of NBA talk coming the way. We're going to talk about how the Lakers suck because they're only the sixth seed in the West. We're going to talk about how the Pistons are never going to win another basketball game again, according to Twitter. It's going to be a great time had by everybody involved. But that's going to be it. On behalf of the Mystic Whaleman, he's the Merck, so I'm Mike Merkel. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. We will see you guys, as always, next time.